On September 13, 1952, George and Edith Satoski were driving down the road one evening, returning home from a trip to Ohio, traveling in the area of Flatwoods, West Virginia. It was a calm and peaceful setting as they drove through the winding roads through the hills, the fireflies beginning to assemble on the roadside as nightfall was setting in. As they rounded one particularly sharp corner, their car mysteriously shut off, slowly rolling to a stop. As George pulled them over to the side of the road, puzzled at the situation, he got out and popped the hood to inspect what was wrong with the car, a decision he would immediately regret. All of a the sudden, there was a bright flash nearby in the trees, startling George and causing him to stumble back. A foul, sulfurous odor began to seep into his nostrils. Complete terror washed over him as he looked up to see a giant humanoid creature towering over the car, nine feet or more. George scrambled back into his vehicle to protect his wife, looking up again to see clearly a giant, reptile-like figure gliding in some bizarre suit. They both stared, transfixed in abject horror, as the creature slowly glided toward them. A thick blanket of smoke washed over the pavement. Two long fingers lay down on the hood of the car, burning through to the metal, and then suddenly disappeared back into the trees. Join us on Into the Portal as we join forces with the Zeng This podcast for an investigation into one of the most bizarre cases of UFO and cryptid activity in history, the Flatwoods Monster. Hey everybody, welcome back into the portal. My name is Andrew McKay. I'm Amber Ray. And we have something very special and very interesting going on tonight. We have a guest on tonight's show. Mm-hmm. So just want to introduce Justin Zenger from the Zeng This Podcast. What's up, buddy? Not much. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It is a honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be on mm-hmm. Into the Portal. Well, thank you, sir. No, we're stoked to have you on. We've been looking forward to this all week. Totally. So, yeah, before we get started, let's, um, yeah, we, we just wanted to get some information about Zeng This. So can you just tell the listeners, like, where we can find the show and what, the, what Zeng This is all about? Well, Zeng This is something that me and my uh, better half, Ellie, do every week. And um, we kind of tackle nerdy topics every week from video games to comic books to movies and we also do a movie special every month where we select a series of movies and kind of go over them with special guests and um right now if you're a harry potter fan that is the one we're currently in the middle of uh we got done with star wars last year and we also did the spider-man trilogy by sam raimi so that's something we work on as well in addition to our monday episodes but we cover everything in the realm of pop culture and you know it's something that oddly comes up a lot in pop culture the paranormal so we kind of touch on that too every now and then right on that's awesome 
Yeah, no, we, we, we really dig the show, and it's cool that you kind of cross over for, through some of those genres. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of shows that kind of go that broad and do such a good job of it with comic books and paranormal and movies and all that kind of stuff, so it's awesome. We really dig it. Um, what's your it, what's your uh, social media info? I mean, we'll get it at the end, too, but, like, just... Um, well, you can find Zingness on basically Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you can find it, except for on Instagram, it is Zing This Podcast, but that is spelled Z-E-N-G, this and of course, we're on most all podcatchers at this point. So, cool. if you're listening to this show, you should be able to find our show. Awesome. And we're also part of, the course, the Dark Myths Podcast Collective. So, you can also find us on there at darkmyths.org. That's awesome. Hey, how long have you guys actually been a part of the Dark Myths? Um, Putting you on the spot. September? Here. September awesome. or August. I know it was around the time of the actual Mothman Festival. Um, okay. When I went there, so yeah, that's a that's a, that time. That's a good way to mark mark the event, mark the occasion, yes. I guess. Eh? <laughs> and that's also awesome. that that's around the same time I went to Flatwoods too, because we went to Flatwoods on our way back from Mothman. But I'm sure we will discuss that. Later. Indeed, we will. Yes, Indeed. we will. So, I mean, I guess that's a perfect segue into <laughs> into <laughs> nice the topic. topic. <laughs> so, yes, tonight we are discussing probably one of the most biz- well. I think, I don't know if you know if you can call it a UFO incident outright or a creature mm. incident outright. It's just something it's very a crossover, bizarre. Hey? It's kind of a it's crossover. It's a UFO cryptid creature crossover. Indeed. So we're dealing with the Flatwoods monster. So yes. in Flatwoods, West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes goes by Braxton County monster as well. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. And... Basically, the story begins in the 1950s, but after that, there were obviously numerous other accounts and instances where a very ominous and frightening creature was basically, yes, uh, terrorizing people in the uh, in and around the Flatwoods, West Virginia area. But I guess I should probably start with the original story. Or did you want to do that? I think you should, Amber, maybe. Me? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh. You did it so well I earlier when we were going through the, the notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love putting you on the spot, so it's all good. Yeah, you really do. And now that you have, I realize I don't have an exact date in front of me. <laughs> but September 12th, 1952. Beautiful. There we go. There it is. Okay. So we're starting off, um, yeah, in the 50s. And this was, again, like we've already said, in West Virginia. And it started off with a group of youths, um, a, man, or a boy named, named Freddie May and his friends, first sighted an unidentified flying object over the hills of a grassy knoll near where they were playing. And so they went to investigate and they actually ended up grabbing Miss May, who was a, I've heard conflicting descriptions of her either as being Freddie's mom or as a local beautician that was nearby. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know what to she believe. Is, the, <laughs> most of the stuff I read, she is the mother of both Edward and Fred. Fred, right. okay. Right. Yes. That makes okay. the most sense because I did see some, yeah, some later on, uh, was it the Skeptical Inquirer when they went to investigate and they actually asked both Miss May and Fred for their accounts and they actually denied, uh, or they didn't deny it, but they didn't want to talk to the Skeptical oh, okay. Inquirer gotcha. for whatever reason. I don't know. Right. But so getting back to the original account. Yeah. So the boys so, are playing in the backyard and they see basically like an object fall from the sky, a flaming object. Correct? They do, okay. yes. And that have supposedly crashed in the hills above their home. And so, boys being boys, they went out to investigate along <laughs> grabbing Freddie's mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for I protection. Love I love that. And the dog. Yeah, and the dog, right, right. Can't forget the dog and a flashlight. 
and they ended up being greeted by a thick blanket of smoke that had a strange sulfurous odor. And yeah, so essentially where it picks up, Andrew, do you have the rest of this? I don't know. So, I mean, yeah, so they, they, they see this falling object. They're, they're obviously curious. They, they go to get Freddy's mom. They get the dog. They get some flashlights. They head off into the woods. I don't have an exact... Do, Zanger, do you have an exact distance, like, from where the house was to, like, where the crack, supposed crash site um, was at all? Let me double check. I don't have an exact distance or anything. I, I believe just it was up a hill yeah. from it. And yeah. It was... They had to... They were on the playground at the school when they saw it. Okay, They went right. to their home. Once they got to their home, because it was on the way up that hill, they picked up, of course... The mother and apparently their seventeen-year-old cousin too was there. That's right. Was a yeah. National Guardsman. Older um, yes. Um, Lemon. His last name is Lemon, and he went along as well. And there was two other boys accompanying them. I think. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, are, that are named. So it's it's a nice little group of people heading up there, up up this up this hill. Totally. So obviously multiple witnesses. And the the other thing that I feel like is like important is just the fact that it was like relatively close by. It's not like they had mm-hmm. to hop into a car to head over, you know, follow this uh, falling object at like at a great distance away. This was really close to where they were. So it's not as if that that takes away some of the likelihood of them, you know, misinterpreting the, the uh, falling object and so many other parts of how this story ends up playing out. But we'll continue on here. So basically... Mm-hmm. They approach that you know they they're going up this hill. They're heading into the woods, and like Amber said, they're greeted by a blanket of smoke, of, smoke. of mist, smoke, mist, steam, gross, smelly gross stuff. Smoke. However you want to describe it, it was something that obviously affected them because they could smell it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't impact them like drastically right away. It wasn't until well, the, it it did kind of because they said that their nostrils were burning. Right, like it was bothering it was, them, yeah. but it didn't like incapacitate them. Mm-hmm. Um but I had one account where I'm sorry, what was the name of the older boy again? I can't even Um it was his last name is Lemon. Right. I'm okay. Trying to get get his first For name. some reason okay. I feel like it was Eugene. I've, yes, I yes, I actually down. scrolled right up to it. Sorry. Okay. The the thing I'm reading over is referring to him as just Lemon later. Right, okay. So I was trying to scroll up, but yes, you got it. It's Eugene okay, cool. Lemon. So there was an account where he actually was frightened by what, obviously, what started to approach them. So they see a large object that they couldn't quite make out start to approach them, and this startled him. He dropped the flashlight, when he kneeled down to get it, he put his head right into this smoke mm. that was, you know trickling over the ground towards them and that's when he got a you know a big breath of it and that was he that affected him a lot he got up he was coughing and they fled shortly after this because what approached them was amber i mean this very strange being that was described as having glowing eyes was almost like a glowing head like an ace of spades was the shape yes and the eyes were initially what they described but the creature was reptilian-like with scaly skin, approximately 9 to 12 feet tall, with a glowing head like I mentioned, long thin arms with two long clawed fingers, and apparently it was emitting a piercing noise, which we'll, 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 we'll get back to that later, yeah. which is quite interesting as far as like theories as to what this actually was. <laughs> yeah, totally. When I listened to the Graveyard Tales episode when they, they were doing the Flatwoods Monster, 
there was the there was that noise that you just referenced, and then when it was moving across the ground, there was uh, in some accounts it, uh, they they mentioned that it was described like a crackling bacon, the sound of like what? crackling bacon as this thing sort of slowly would move towards mm, them. But there was there was bacon. also some I know oh, right <laughs> that just totally takes the edge off the story. I feel like <laughs> like if you heard that sound, I feel like for yeah. a lot of people that would just calm you in that instance. You know, be like this guy's not so bad. It's going to be fine. I, I guess the smell's not there, though. That's, that's, yeah. I guess the other thing we should mention at this point is the fact that some of the group said that the bottom of this monster creature thing was actually obscured by grasses and, like, like foliage, that type of thing. Right. And then others kind of got a glimpse of something that they described as, like, almost, I don't want to call it early, like, a skirt, but it kind of was because it was round, it was circular, and it was basically, like, a bunch of tubes and, and tubes. these tubes. Is the way you pronounce it? Sorry. I guess I'm oh saying that. sound very Canadian there. Yeah, that's a Canadian accent uh, Yeah, for sure. yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, and, and there was smoke emitted from these tubes, apparently. Right. So... Yeah, that well, was... that was the thing. It was like th- some of the. I mean, we'll get into this at the end. Like, yeah, ideas on what could have been, but some people speculated that the smoke or what incapacitated them may have either come could have come from the actual sh- a ship and not the creature, hmm. uh, or the or an asteroid. You know, space gas. Space gas. <laughs> right? hmm. Or something crazy like that. I don't buy into that. What do you think, well, Justin? One of the one of the other accounts I I know that I've I was going on because I watch several things, read several things on this and kind of have my own backs backlog of, you know, hearing about this before is that the creature was sort of described as possibly being something even mechanical that it looked like it was in some like armored suit. And the only right. thing they could see was the eyes because two of the boys said that they did not see the arms. They saw like this metal cylinder moving forward with the eyes right. on top. Right, right, right. Okay. I think and you're... there's also a craft mentioned off to the side that was glowing, but th- once again, some of the witnesses mention it, some of them just say that the creature was the main thing they saw. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, Amber, sorry, you're, uh, there was the second sighting where there was more of the reptilian, well, where it, was, was, it, where that, it wasn't that, exactly, in full. Exactly. Which is highly, it's apparently a highly contested sighting, too, by the right. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the original, even the sighting of the object falling from the sky, there were multiple people that that had seen that in the area something falling, but... Across three states. Across three you. states. And it definitely mm-hmm. was but reminiscent it was, of a meteor. Exactly. Is what yeah, the description Yeah, were. exactly. So, I yeah, like some people said it was a single object. Some people saw multiple objects falling, different sizes. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing. Just going back to the whole, like, the uh, discrepancies in the description, I kind of, like... I kind of differentiated, there was almost like this idea of like the full suit versus the half suit right. on the creature, yes. which would add more mechanical-esque features, perhaps. Whatever the heck. <laughs> this is just so bizarre to me. I'm trying to picture a crocodile in some sort of space craft, <laughs> like missile thing. I don't even know. <laughs> I, I know, right? Like, why, why, why have the suit? I mean... Go for I, it. Any theories? Uh, no, no, I was just going to say, it, it is a weird description. Like I said, it, it, they, there's there's a lot of similarities between all the accounts, the spade shaped head, the fact that it that there was like some it was wearing something in the bottom. It had sort of a skirt, almost looking thing to it. Whether it was like a rocket pod that it was mm-hmm. hovering on top of, or whether you just couldn't see the legs. Right. But there is one other discrepancy that I find odd, and I'm sorry to bring this up because I know with cryptids, the puppers sometimes um, do not do too well. The dog in this situation. 
I've read several accounts and that dog changes hands from either being their dog, um, Lemon's dog, or just the town dog. Hmm. And that dog apparently ran off barking, vomited on somebody's porch, and then was found dead later. Oh, no. I, I said, I'm sorry. I know that puppers don't do the best sometimes in these cryptid stories, but it's just weird how it changed hands of who owned it. And in most accounts, it was just sort of a dog that was with them. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I, I kind of sit here and shrug now going, it's, I, I'm not questioning anything with the story yet. I'm just saying that, that they're, do, do they not, I, I don't know. It's just a weird thing in this creature. Very weird. And definitely, I mean, if it did affect the dog, I mean, that's kind of proof that something was out there out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And well, there were, there were, yeah, the, the actual, the, the group that was there that first night ended up all. Yeah, well, getting got nauseated, getting so. sick that night, and then well, later having uh, <laughs> ailments later in life as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, cancer and um, that type of thing. Some of them, yeah, did did eventually pass away from cancer. I don't remember exactly what types of cancer. A lot of it was like lung and throat and. Lovely. It was a variety yeah. though. It wasn't just right. Yeah. So it's tough to that far down the line, like draw a connection potentially, but it is still curious the fact that I mean, unless you're all working in the same coal mine. <laughs> You know, you all experience the same event, and for that to happen to the dog and also to, yeah, multiple people at the same is very, very curious. But there were other things that corroborated the event, too. There was a neighbor nearby who stated that she ha- felt her house shake from mm. some sort of an impact. Mm-hmm. Now, that at the same time doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there was never an impact site dis- found. There was just flattened grass, right? From a, Not what was even. It? Like, there was... Uh... Yeah, there was a small site where there was, like, like these things that were described as skid marks, along with an odd gummy deposit. Okay. Like, almost like a rubbery type of substance found in a field. This guy from the Skeptical Inquirer, he actually attributes that to um, the, the guy who was originally searching for the landing site, driving through fields, and then kind of circling back on himself, and then he <laughs> discovers conveniently these tracks. <laughs> but that's the Skeptical Inquirer. I don't know if that's... That's the way that we want to, yeah, spin this, but... Right. Yeah, what do you think, Justin? Um, With the... Okay. So I I have heard that there's several conflicting things, of course, of the... It was somebody driving around, and they came across their own tracks, and the stuff on, like, the oily substance or stuff was just their apparent... Their oil pan was leaking. Mm. But I would say if your oil pan's leaking that badly, you've got bigger problems with your vehicle then. So mm-hmm. that kind of rung me as an odd thing when I was, of course, you know, going over the different accounts from this story and everything. Um, there is something interesting. I don't know if you guys are going to touch on it yet, but there is an interesting thing that happened later on that evening that is kind of overlooked in some of the tellings. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm going off of the one of the accounts I have. So I'll get to that once we get there or okay. unless we're there now. Well, let's, well, let's just go there let's, now. Let's jump there now. <laughs> we're I, there. I like All that. Right. According <laughs> yeah. to the... According to the book I have, where I got one of the main story, main um, accounts of this from, is that around about 1.30 a.m., a, about 30 troops showed up and began to kind of comb the area and search the area. Military Ooh. troops. And they were almost all gone by daylight, but a few of them are still left kind of combing the area. Interesting. And they claimed they found nothing. Huh. Hmm. But we're clearly looking for something. <laughs> yes, but uh, did someone call them? I mean, that's yeah. pretty quick. At yeah. 11, I mean, at one 
8.30 a.m. for them to show up in, um, Braxton County is in the direct center of West Virginia. I don't know how close, you know, the deployment is for these people. Right. But for news to have traveled that fast from about 8 o'clock in the evening till 1 in the morning to get people out there that fast, that's kind of weird. So is it something they already knew was coming down, or is it something they were aware of that would have hap- that happened? It almost seems like if, you're, if the response was that quick in the 1950s that they were expecting something to be there. Yeah. That's what it makes. Or they picked it up independently on their radar systems or something like that. I guess. I guess so. I wonder. But that's very interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah, we. But like I said, that that is omitted out of a lot of tellings of this. But um, in the book I read, and I also watched the Small Town Monsters documentary they did of um, the Flatwoods Monster. They did a fantastic job with it. Uh, and also, I talked to Derek Hayes of Monsters Among Us to kind of get his opinion on it, too. Awesome. And he also, so that's three accounts where they all mentioned, by the way, did you know about this? So I'm, I'm taking that as something to include in this discussion, then. Well, thank you very much for bringing that to the table, because that, that is, is a... That's a significant piece of information. It I mean, really maybe, is. Uh, maybe something I'll bring up later. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, because the only military type in uh, involvement that I came across was in the form of two plainclothesmen that were actually disguised as uh, magazine writers that went into the scene later on. Uh, this wasn't like the day of or day after or anything like that, but it was shortly after this was reported. And they were basically just trying to, you know, just nose around a little bit inconspicuously. I'm not sure. They probably came across as a couple of men in black or something. But right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I wonder. But they basically came to the conclusion that it was a meteor. Hmm. hmm. Which sounds convenient, hmm. maybe. Hmm. Hey, men in black. That was a Mothman reference, I guess. It like, was. It's West Virginia. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The whole meteor thing. I mean, there's going to be a hole in the ground, right? I mean, I'm not oh, a... should I'm be. no Neil deGrasse Tyson, but... Uh, I'm fairly certain there's going to be something in the ground or something. You're going to be able to find something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Unless it broke up in the sky. Because that's what people were saying. Like, if it was a meteor, it might have been, yeah, exactly. It was an explosion in the air. And then the fireball just kind of deposited on the ground. And it wasn't actually, like, a crater or anything. And then they just saw something else in the woods, like... Uh, <laughs> right? That right? doesn't like, there's, there's There's these things that don't connect but sorry what were you gonna say i wanted to point out something um in reference to mothman mothman uh took place during 1966 to 1967 so this predates it by um 14 years years or whatever yeah oh wait yeah yeah you're you're right never mind bad math on my part ignore that (laughs) no i just you you said mothman i'm like i know that they're close but i don't know which one predates the other one so i wanted to double check that right so yeah that is interesting You know, and some of the people that I, well, we're going to get into uh, like Joe Nickel and there's, you know, some other skeptics out there that have basically just used the fact that this incident happened in the 1950s to discount it just because mm-hmm. it was the 1950s. And yes, I don't like, I don't, I, I get that. I get that. I get the sci-fi movies coming into, coming into, uh, mm-hmm. space you know, age paranoia. I, I get that. I Cold War Cold stuff. War, I get that. Yeah. But there's still things that don't add up and I'm not a mass hysteria person. I don't buy into that for a lot for a lot of these different things. So, yeah, I'm not leaning that way personally. Mm. But well, I think we theory, we so. sorry we we have this section here, Amber, where you added it in where there was the deputy investigating the incident. Did we talk about that already? No, we no. actually didn't. 
So this would have come before the military men were combing the hillside in the later hours of the evening. Right. But there was, yeah, like the, the local sheriff and deputy came out. Um, and they were simply investigating a report of a plane crash from a neighbor that was about, I think, like 10 miles down the way. Huh. And so they, yeah, they ended up searching the site, but they reportedly saw, heard, or smelled nothing. So I don't know. It's just kind of like your typical little, like, oh, yeah, small town cop coming in and <laughs> nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, they're not buying it. They're not know. buying it. They're just there yeah. in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. The next sighting was still in the 50s, was it not? The next sighting would have been on the following day, September thirteenth. Right. Day. Why don't you go ahead and take that one, Justin? Yeah. Oh, the one I enjoy. Got it. Um, <laughs> this one happened uh, near Frametown, and it actually was a couple that was returning from a trip to Cincinnati, Ohio, and they had time on their hands. They decided to take back roads and stuff. Right. Well. Their car mysteriously stalled out in the middle of the road, which if you're familiar with UFOs and alien encounters... It's very common, right? A common thing, but not common to somebody just driving on the road. Of course, husband gets out, goes to take a look at it. All of a sudden, there's apparently a bright flash, and they see a reptile upper-half creature coming over. Once again, sort of floating in some metal skirt thing, and he immediately gets in the car, covers up his wife and child, and it kind of just goes on that it sort of went away. Okay. This one is one that's been debated, though, and it's kind of, I can't remember who it is, but there is a certain researcher that really champions this, and not a lot of other people kind of say that it's it's a separate thing, or if it is, it's it's it just doesn't fit with the description of the earlier creature too well. Okay. Okay. But that's just that's just my my doing my due diligence and researching and double checking stuff. It's still in the book I got a lot of my information from. Right. But it's kind of just vaguely brought up in um like I said the other stuff I did my research in. Okay. Cuz that's actually yeah, that's ringing a bell for and me. And if cause... you um watch the Monster Quest episode yes. that is yeah. that there yeah. you, there is the They focus on that one. They yeah. do. Yes, the, it was uh, uh, George Quest. and Edith Satoski was their name. Satoski, Sato- yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. And that is and like I said that's where they heavily focus on the lizard portion of it mm-hmm. as opposed to the extraterrestrial or machine portion of it. So that's like I said totally. some people say that that's a sighting, but it's not connected, even though they happened very close to each other. Yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah. Next and day. And the next day, yeah. Right? Next and that, day. that's interesting, because that goes back to the whole, like, the full suit versus the half suit description. Yes. And again, like, I actually, yeah, in the Monster Quest, they do go into a bit of detail about that and say that, uh, this is the detail I got, apparently, once they were back in the car, the creature touched the car with two of its fingers and actually burnt through the paint. Yeah. Like through the enamel. Burn through the paint the, and primer all the way. The to primer, the, to right, the, right, To yeah. the metal, yeah. Apparently. But I would love to see photos of that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to find them. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, very curious. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that that just brings up so many questions to me, though, about the, if you do believe that those two, you know, it happened the next day, if you believe that they're connected, that it was the same creature that and that there is a suit and that it was only wearing part of it the second time. What the hell's the point of the suit? Mm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like when you're out in space, you got to keep that helmet on. 
So if you're if that thing if that thing's not from here or something or whatever, and it's wearing a suit for whatever reason, you know, it's not like you're just be like, oh, I'm just gonna wear a tank top today instead of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like it's obviously for a specific purpose, presumably. So I don't know, like that 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 yeah. Also, just for frame of reference, I don't know how much this weighs in on anyone's opinion. It's about 20 miles from Flatwoods to Frametown, which is where both sightings took place. Okay. As as you drive, as the crow flies, I can't get that because Google Maps is not allowing me to. Okay. Poop on that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Google Maps, man, always lets me down. A lot of times. Takes me the wrong I, I, way. I just, I just wanted to check because I was like, I've never looked to see how close these two are together, so let me find out real quick. And so that's yeah, fairly I mean, they're close. close. But for yeah. this creature to move undetected in a day in basically a twenty four hour time period while military and everything else is searching for it. Right. That's a that's a that's a doings there. No kidding. And in like obviously dense forest because it's not as if it's just going to be like on the curb of the road like mm-hmm. avoiding the trees yes. like you know mm-hmm. 20 minutes hitch, hitch, hitchhiking <laughs> uh with a little sign uh frame town or bust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sticking out the one finger trying to get a ride, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That's that's okay. So, do you have any other sightings from the 1950s that you come across there, uh, Justin? Uh, let me continue to flip through this book real quick and see if it brings up any <laughs> oh, he's more. Got a book. This Sounds is good. legit. This is legit. <laughs> We've just got freaking. Uh, it kind of brings up the aftermath and stuff like that. Kind of more going along with, of course, the people showing up to interview them. It doesn't really go over any more sightings per se. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so more of the aftermath. I had one other sighting from again from the Monster Quest. And I'm, mm-hmm. again, it's almost kind of loose. And it was like decades and decades later. This is 2004. It was Holy a hunter. Boy, that's so long hunter time. Joe Smith. He was in the woods of West Virginia. Joe Smith. That sounds like a made up name. It kind of does. <laughs> yeah, now that I'm, I'm going back, I'm going to call him Joseph just to make him look around the Joseph. <laughs> Joseph Smith here. Okay, he was hunting some deers. And apparently he saw what appeared to be three humanoid creatures with heads like the Ace of Spades. So again, this right. is very Oh yeah, that's right, I remember that. And the, the eyes were like openings with eyes in behind him is what he described. And that he wasn't, I didn't really get much other detail from him, but he was convinced that these creatures were the Flatwoods monster. So very that strange. to me, it's like, what the heck? Before this, it was only one creature. Now it's three, potentially. Did, sorry, so, did he give a height or a size? He, no. But they were well, at a distance. He could have, and I just didn't write it down. But I, I remember, yeah, like, I, it was at a distance, though, so they had to have been a decent size. Yeah. Right? The humanoid, so at least six foot, probably about, you know, yeah. bigger than that, I would interesting. say. Interesting. But very interesting, yeah. I, and I, I honestly, you know what? I just want to say too, like apologies to Joe Smith if you're a real person, because just because your name last name Smith doesn't mean it's a made up name. There's lots of Smiths. I worked with, yeah. You know, it's funny. My last name Bouchard is like the Smith of Quebec. It's so very true. <laughs> just very a reference true. there. <laughs> yeah, my name's Zinger. So freaking common. Everyone else has it around here. Like, <laughs> no, they don't. Okay, what nationality? What ethnicity is that? It's German, right? Is it? It is German. Oh, Correct. there you go. Okay. You're very cool. Yes. Um. I did figure out how to do as the crow flies from Flatwoods to Frametown, and it okay. is 13 miles. Jeez. Okay. So, but this so is crow. over hilly, hilly, mountainy, up and down, up and down, up and down terrain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd have to hop back in the I, I cannot spaceship. express how, like, mountainy this area is. If I remember correctly, BFRO does Bigfoot hunts in, out in West Virginia every now and then. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. There's it's actually not weird... one of the highest like 
levels of sightings, but I mean, it's it's a forested area, so I mean, very remote too, for most of West Virginia. So, what are where are we at here then? Are we at Joe Nickel, I, this guy, or we want well, to keep yeah. talking about think, some other I think ideas? We should just t- get into theories and ideas, and okay. Joe Nickel is a huge part of that. Sure. Uh, one thing we did not mention, though, was oh, that one... Sorry, keep going. Finish your thought. It was the one skull that was found by that girl. And honestly, the way that this was, like, kind of, like, thrust into that Monster Quest video, I feel like that could be relevant, could not be. It almost seemed oh, more Oh, the Star Child thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, That is left field. Uh, the only way that that's connected to this, if you want my opinion... Mm-hmm is just the whole, the fact that they tried to push the whole, it's a reptile. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And honestly, it didn't even seem very reptilian once they no, did the yeah. model. And it was, yeah. it was a stretch. And honestly, the connection for me was like, it's a humanoid creature, so therefore they're establishing the precedent that there could be humanoid-esque things that we don't know about in this world, in this area, potentially. Yeah, it's a massive but very loose. Reach. Very, very loose. But very creepy. Like, even if it was like how that one, um, what was that doctor? Oh, Susan Meister. She examined the skull, and she actually determined, in her professional opinion, it was a child's skull that had been severely modified. Right. So that's that's kind of brutal when you think about it. Like it's like that would um, be well, like binding t- the skull. It wasn't a typical like no uh, modification though. It was just like a. It um, was it was so severe that she had never seen that degree of modification right. before, which is interesting. And maybe potentially is the fact that like sorry leads to the fact that the child was obviously dead at a young age. Right. So maybe it couldn't actually sustain that type of modification. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that is a total side note, and I feel like that wasn't really too relevant in the monster quest but they threw it in there just yeah. <laughs> it, it it was it was a shoehorn thing they threw in there to have an right. excuse to talk about the star child school yeah. um, exactly mm. i do have that uh, major donald kehoe investigated this ivan t sanderson and greg baker as well right. all investigated oh, this yeah. i actually listened to the um ivan t sanderson kind of discussing it yeah. um, they also use that audio a lot in the course of the small town monsters episode of uh-huh. him kind of investigating it he came to the conclusion that it was real that he said that there was no doubt in his mind sanderson came to the conclusion that it was real and was not something from this world mm-hmm. um, yeah kehoe kind of said it was the weirdest of all the flying saucer stories and had dangerous implications if true hmm. so yeah, just just wanted to throw that out there of the experts that went and investigated its kind of opinions. Yeah, totally. So. I mean, Sanderson, he was right on the scene, mm-hmm. like yep. in the right in the fifties after it happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were that was in the early days of his work too. I mean, he did he's done a lot of like Bigfoot research stuff, and uh, he did he did work uh, up in like the Great Lakes, like for the Great Lakes Triangle. He had like a vortex theory, his vile vortex theory, and all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. paranormal stuff. Ivan T. Sanderson, the thing with him, a lot of people kind of poked holes in his suggestions that the object that fell from the sky was a definitively solid, you know, UFO object. And Mm -hmm. that it couldn't have been an asteroid or a meteor breaking up or anything else, any other type of phenomena. He just went straight to that right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get that. I get people poking holes in his story because of that. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Oh, gosh. Well, Justin, what do you got? I um, I, I want to kind of believe him because, I mean, I do like a lot of the stuff he did. Um, this is, of course, prime time for, you know, a lot of... The 50s were prime time for UFO sightings and everyone having some, you know, 
mythical story of stuff like that. But I can tell you this from um, being visiting there and from, you know, looking up stuff on it. Flatwoods is not somewhere that exploded from this. It got kind of a lot of attention as being the we- one of the weirder UFO sites. But it's something to where, I mean, they have some attracting attractions and stuff there for it. But this town still, I think, has probably around 500 people in it. Yeah. Maybe. Aww. And, and that's, that's me going generously. I think it's closer to maybe around 300. So but, it's not I mean, as if how... it became like a big boom because of yeah, this type of thing. Mecca out of it and everything. Like, I mean, I don't feel that a lot of the people really went after, you know, you know, litigiously went after money and everything for it. I mean, yeah. they all seem to freely talk about it for the most part, if they're willing to talk about it. Few of them apparently were not very willing to come forward after the initial, after they talked initially, they were kind of like, you know what? I'm done with this. It's going to drag my name through the dirt if I continue to speak about it. And I don't mm-hmm. want that. Yeah. Or I just don't want the ridicule. So Right. It's very similar to the Mothman. Very similar yes, very to similar. a yeah. lot, of, like even Charlie Red Star yeah. is what I'm thinking. And of and right that's now. one of the, and, yeah. and you know from like a sociological perspective, that's one of the things that like gives you know credence to the story. I mean, these people aren't making money. Why would you be, you know, at you some point they lose. just kind of lay down. They're like, you know what, I'm not going to talk about it anymore because this isn't benefiting my life. Yeah. You know, why would you make any of that up? I, we come back to this in a lot of these sort of stories. Yeah, with, with cryptic creatures and all kinds one. of stuff, right? With, um, yeah, it, yeah, it is a very common thread through a lot of stuff. It's like, why would you make this up if you're not going to really... If your life's destroyed or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it makes yeah, me think of Skinwalker Ranch, too. S- same sort of idea. It's like... Their lives were ruined. Their lives were ruined from mm-hmm. the events that happened and them just talking about it and just being trying to be like, <laughs> you know, can someone please help us? Like, what the heck's happening over here? Yeah. Yeah, this Joe Nickel, he definitely ripped into... Um, Ivan Sanderson a lot and kind of didn't really take what he had to say as as you know anything to, <laughs> to... Joe Nickel though this guy is like as skeptical as skeptical can get to the point where exactly. his ideas on rational explanations are more irrational than they're being extraterrestrials <laughs> yeah in like, my opinion okay so maybe we should get into what his whole idea of what this is go then. for it and so he is of the mind, like he's very skeptical again. He is part of the committee for skeptical inquiry. So that kind of sets the framework there. But he is of the mind that the UFO that was spotted by these, um, the, the group with Freddie and all that was a meteor. And the pulsing red light that was described, which we didn't really get into too much, but there, I guess there was a pulsing red light. And it was, only, it was just a, you know, your everyday aircraft navigation slash hazard beacons. Okay. And that the creature itself was none other than an owl. <laughs> Which is just the classic uh, trope of uh, right? UFOlogy, right? We've seen You've it with, seen um, an alien and it's that the, the face the of an Jersey owl. With the Jersey Devil too, that type of thing. Yeah. And he does have a really convincing dis- or, uh, a, an image, that like an illustration of... Which we'll put on the half, website. Exactly. Half of it is what is described as the Flatwoods, and then the other half is an owl sitting on a branch, and they like perfectly kind of like match up. And yeah, like, he has it like split in half, and it's, <laughs> and the way, like, and it does make sense too, like if it was sort of, it kind of makes sense, like if it was perched on a branch at a certain height, yeah. then it would appear to be nine feet tall. Exactly. But and the glowing like... eyes, and the movement, he said the gliding movement, and right. the sounds were all consistent with... Uh, a camera is not a barn owl, but some type of owl that does reside in that area. Okay, but here's the thing, though. 
let me clear my throat here. Because, okay, if it's an owl perched on a branch, it can't hover towards you, mm-hmm. right? It's either flying towards you and then you're going to know it's an you're owl. Flap. Or, yeah, he's or his wings. it's not moving and then it's not hovering towards you. Mm-hmm. Where does the smoke come from? Is this just mist he that you're misinterpreting? As, no, he, he said it was a, a very dense fog that was rolling in that night. Okay, so that's... <laughs> he's got an answer for everything. Yeah, right? exactly. So this is what I'm saying. So on the, all these exact things have to happen. There has to be a meteor that looks like a UFO. You have to be in the exact location where there's an owl perched on a tree that makes it 9 to 12 feet tall mm-hmm. that seems like it's hovering towards you. And it happens to smell really bad, apparently. Smells really bad. And, and apparently it has a green color. <laughs> it's and just, it kills a dog. And it kills a dog. And it kills a dog, yeah. This is some sort of owl. Not by attacking you. it, just just apparently sighting it. It's it owl it. farts, man. Owl, yes, apparently. <laughs> like, Stentious owl farts. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously owls are, like, the most dangerous animals on planet Earth, if you believe this, this, uh, if you, if you believe Joe Nickel, like, I don't know, Justin, what do you make of that? I, I knew about the owl theory. I didn't, I was like, I'm not going to be the one to bring it up because I don't want to be the wet blanket. (laughs) Not saying you guys are, I'm just saying, I, I, I I kind of already felt like my other statements were going to be criticizing it. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean or say that I don't believe it. It's just, I'm just stating facts right now. Yeah. And, um, and that was the thing was this one was one of those things where I'm like, I know about the owls. I know that some owls do have a tendency to put their feathers up behind them like that and into a spade shape and try to, you know, scare off by hissing, which is something that was accounted for but mm-hmm. i'm yeah, saying it's really weird that you had that many people one i mean yes i know that all of their descriptions are different but one see none, none of them went hey that's an owl yeah like not a single person stopped and went that's an owl and and, and, and there's the, these are people that would see owls yeah that that might have been on edge i mean yeah. i live vaguely close to this area in the sense of it is a three-hour drive from where I'm at right now through the directly through Western Mountains. I've seen an owl here and there. I've never encountered one, you know, wandering through the woods to where it, like, hissed at me or something. I've just kind of seen them off in the distance. So yeah. mm-hmm. maybe if I did, I would be like, oh, my gosh, man, I saw the spade-shaped alien out in the woods, and it scared the living hell out of me, and yeah. don't go out there. But <laughs> like I said, I don't, I don't know, and I, I can't be the judge of that because I wasn't there that night. Trust me, I wish I was. It would have been cool to experience this maybe Mm. not all the inhaling the smoke but that's the other thing is they had so many repercussions like um one of the the boys had to be looked at by like a doctor Mm -hmm. for like their throat and stuff yeah like how does that happen it's not it's not sweet grass because that was joe nichols he said that there is grasses that grow in this region that do smell weird but not to that same degree that he had like you know so again it's just like but once again out. they grew yeah. up here they live there now they live there their whole life is this all of a sudden something you just all of a sudden just one day it's like oh hey this is here yeah like yeah be exactly. familiar with with that and totally and the other part of it too is like yeah this like, nickel guy again like he was like oh you know these these boys they were quite young and they probably never saw an owl in their life up close before you know owls are nocturnal dot 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 you're just like yeah. okay there just totally discredit everyone that lives in that area like, you know what i mean yeah. like, and especially the fact that miss may was with them too so you know she's 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 more seasoned like right. you know 
Like that's that's pretty insult. And the fact we didn't mention this, but she actually had an oil like stain on her apron when they left the woods. Supposedly, yes. Supposedly, yeah. Supposedly, and that that was a that wasn't just like oil from a car. It was a substance that was unidentified. And from you know what when I came across the part where she some described her as a beautician, which she could have been both. She could have been Freddie's mom and the other guy's mom mm-hmm. and a beautician. And I was almost thinking, I was like, oh crap! Like, what if she? was like dyeing someone's hair that day and she didn't realize <laughs> that's she what it was and she... but that's dumb that's just me being like right mm, i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> well just to say not to hate on joe nickel too much like i mean i'm not buying into his explanations for this one but he does do some really good work with other stuff i've read his uh lake monsters uh lake monster mysteries book and he does a really good job of that mm-hmm. where he has some stuff that's like le- more believable for explanations for things mm-hmm. but this one i'm not really i'm not really buying it the other aspect of it too is that Owls don't emit electric shocks. Yeah. Um, and that was described by, um, like, First Nations communities in the 1500s when yes. settlers were first kind of converging on the area. And they had these, like, yeah, these stories to tell about exactly what you described, right? Creatures that could emit electricity, which yes. immediately made me think of and the Mongolian eyes. death worm, which Ooh. is a, you know, supposedly it may or may not exist but it's a not aquatic animal that emits electric shock which is obviously unheard of because it's only eels and things Mm. but i don't know Hmm. so where are we at here so we i think we're (laughs) wrapping up the idea that it was an owl (laughs) i i feel like i need to mean wasn't what wasn't do you say was or wasn't wasn't was not not Okay. <laughs> just want to make sure that was clear. Yes. Yes. Was not Thank an you. owl. Thank you. There was another thing I came across that suggested that the sightings were the result of mass hysteria caused by the release of coal mine gases. Boo. Boo. So, I don't like that. No. Yeah. No. It's. It, I think so, that also came up a few years later in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Exactly. Did it? Okay. And swamp gas. That, that was a thing that was brought up for that too. That that it was mass hysteria. You know, speaking of West Virginia and speaking of Mothman also, I think this is a good time for you to get into some of your stories. Mm. Me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was like, wait, yeah, like you? me? <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> so um, I guess tell my story about going to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. yeah I mean, not Point Pleasant. Uh, well, I was there and then I went to Flatwoods. Uh, so during the Mothman Festival, um, we're, that's it's a weekend event. It was a lot of fun. Um, definitely, if you're in the West Virginia area and can make to Point Pleasant, it's definitely something to go to, uh, especially this year because we will be returning. And um, humble brag, it will be my birthday on the Saturday of that. So nice. uh, I'd love to see and listeners, stuff like that, fans, wh- Sweet, whatever. If, if you've heard me on a podcast or if you listen to podcasts, there's probably going to be a few of podcasters wandering around there. Um, I got to meet a few other podcasters. Uh, Derek Hayes was also there. Um, David Gore awesome. from Blurry Photos. Me, me and him talked. Oh, and um, I actually cool. got the little pamphlet that I'd sent you guys a picture of, of the Braxton County thing, where it kind of tells the story and has the map. So on our way back, we had planned to stop by Flatwoods. It wasn't super out of our way of travel. It just was a more scenic route. And we went to Flatwoods, and um, we got there and everything. And now for the... Um, listeners at home, I'm going to do the Ultimate Cine podcast thing and describe something to the fellow people I am podcasting with, but yet you will have no clue what I am talking about. So <laughs> if you look at your computer now, you should see a screen share of Flatwoods, West Virginia. Yes. All right. So you, so we basically were drive, driving up and we got the coordinates to where apparently it took place. And that would be 
in this area here on this hilltop. Now, as you can see, okay. if I go to 3D mode there, it is an upper hill area. So we were driving up this road here and went rounded the turn. And apparently this is one of the May, one of these two houses is the May house. Really? Yes. Um, Did you knock on the door? No, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> I found this out later. Okay. But anyways, I was driving up and um, I was like, I think we're going up the right way. And I'm like, I don't know. And luckily there was somebody driving back down the other direction. So I basically roll down the window, kind of wave them down and everything. And Ellie's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> ask this guy where the stuff is. He's probably from here. So hopefully he'll be able to point us in the right direction. So I was like, hey, man, um, we're just visiting the area. We're looking for, you know, where the Flatwoods monster stuff took place. And he goes, oh, you're on the right road. It's right up here but you can't go on the property. And we're like, what? And he goes, the guy is not letting anyone on the property who owns it. It is off limits to the public and period, like no go at all. Right. And he goes, he, hmm. he's very, um, very upset. And he apparently said that uh, history channel was there recently and they wouldn't even allow history channel to go out there either. Really? So what? yes. So we basically turned around and that was about right here is where we got turned around. So we turned around, went back down, but if yeah. you travel deeper into the town, well, town, I mean, it's not that big, but Flatwoods Elementary. Is, yes. That's apparently near where they were playing. So if you can imagine they were playing there, this thing went down there, they ran back around to go there and then walked up to this area here is right. where it supposedly happened. Um, there is a poster billboard thing right here called The Spot. And that is the restaurant there. They also have these cool and hopefully... Okay, there it is. These oh. cool Mothman chairs and everything that you can sit in. Hmm. And they also have this billboard where you can get your picture taken with you being attacked <laughs> by the Mothman. And But the interesting thing is it shows the spade shape. It also shows a crashed UFO. Oh, interesting. Well, there you go. Yes. Lean in the oh, UFO so way. So there's some of the stuff from the spot. Every, everyone we ran into there, in, into there was super nice and helpful about, you know, telling us, you know, oh, well, this is this, you know, there's this stuff. And there are several of these chairs throughout the Braxton County area that if you go and take pictures at and turn them into certain locations, you'll actually get a free sticker according to the little pamphlet I got. <laughs> and they call awesome. it, um, they, they have a hashtag free Braxy, which is one of the other of the umpteen million names they have for the Flatwoods monster, the Braxy. green monster. Interesting. Yep. Braxy. Interesting. Yeah. And apparently there one. is also a museum that I was told about after the fact. So, Oh, that's too bad. I know. I, I realized that after the fact, but it's not like I can't not ever go back there. So <laughs> that was my adventure going to Flatwoods. It is a very mountainy area. It is something that, you know, looking at that area and everything, I could tell this is something I 100% it, it was cool to go there and everything, but it it's kind of like, it's just, it's this small little town where they're like, yeah, something happened here. And that's about all there is to it. Right. You know, like I say, you can travel around and go to different other sighting areas and stuff, but yeah. aside from that, sorry, I was just checking to see if one of the other sighting areas was that frame town and it is not. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would really love to go to... I'd love to go to the Mothman Festival, and it would be really cool to bip over to the same spot that you were. Like, when is the Mothman yes. Festival? The Mothman Festival this year is September 14th through the 16th. It is the third um, weekend of the of the month of September every year. All right. 
I mean, it's probably not likely that we can make that happen, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and say I'm gonna try and make that happen. Yeah, I would. That'd it, be really cool if we could come um, out for that. It is really cool to do that. Like I said, this is about three hours away. Flatwoods yeah. is, but it luckily was on our way home. If we took a little bit of off the beaten path, right? Okay. Um, no, it is something that um we actually have discussed going back to like dropping back in because. Ellie was very excited. She wanted to go get pictures at all the different chairs they have with these. You know, there's these giant, like, supposed to be the same size as the creature tall chair thing that that you can sit in and get your picture taken in. And I'll send you guys one of the pictures so that you can show your listeners and everything. Yes, please. Very I'll cool. even send the picture of us at at the spot. And I'm sad because I should have gone in and got something to eat there because apparently they have um, Flatwoods monster-themed items on the menu. (laughs) Of course, of course. I, once, once, once again, this this was I found this out later because we were very tired that day. So it was one of those things to where a lot of this stuff I kind of was like I should have done better research before we popped in here. But oh well, that's what next year's for. Exactly right. There's always there's always next time. So I mean, like I guess we're kind of getting down to the end here. But like before we wrap it up, I I I sort of just want to like get everyone's concluding thoughts i guess mm-hmm. on what they think it could be and what what uh i don't even know like what what the future of flatwoods moving forward is in terms of like if you think anything will ever be further discovered or will it ever be seen again um you go why don't you go why don't you go first there justin all right um this isn't something i this is something i heard recently this is something derek and me discussed when i was talking with him and I just kind of got a huge eyebrow raised from it. And it sounds it sounds crazy, but I'm like, when you're doing with UFOs and cryptids and everything, you can only go so far. What if this was, because we established earlier, I dropped that hint earlier, that this was, the military jumped on this really quick. What yeah. if this was some military experiment? What if this was some item the military had that, you know put off this noxious vapor and accidentally crashed, like they were doing a test flight with it and accidentally crashed, and this little sentry thing could come out and float around, and it could scare the enemy troops or, you know, deploy these things that wouldn't kill somebody but would boat incapacitate them. Okay. What if that's what this was, and the military came back to recover it? Interesting. Now, I I know what you're thinking. Yes, that is a real big if and if and if, but... At the same time, if you believe all this stuff happened to people, but yet there's kind of no evidence, who's to say they didn't come and clean it up? Exactly. It's and nothing I mean, but ifs at that point, right? Yeah. So, yeah. No, so, totally. I mean, that's, that's that's something he kind of mentioned as a, you know, theory out there if you wanted to give it a real world. Like, because like, he said that the military showing up that quick is just kind of a head scratcher. Mm-hmm. Especially in the 50s. It. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like, it, it's I mean, especially like I said, I mean, there there's a lot of these weird stories. I know that um the oh, my gosh, it just blanked out of my mind. I was about to say the Kecksburg Kecksburg oh, incident. Yes. Yeah. They were on the ball on that one, too. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. Kecksburg is technically just up the mountain range from here. I mean, a couple hundred miles going up. But once again, another weird crash in the Appalachian Mountains. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's. It's something just to think about if you want to really get outside the box. As for me, um, I think it's a great story. Yeah. I think it's one of the most unique alien ex- encounters you could ever have. Definitely. Or extra, or cryptid or extra, whatever it could be. Mechanical thing. Um, 
whatever it is. And the thing is, the reason I kind of chalked this up to, I don't think it was an owl, is because why don't we have more reports of this yeah. creature-like thing popping up more often then? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Just kind of my opinion on that. So, I mean, yeah. I, I just I, I just wanted to... I just wanted to throw, throw that, that, that government cover-up thing in there, because that's always a cliche you need to throw in. And once I heard it with this one, I'm like, that's too good not to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is too good to not put that one in there. No, sure. totally. And I'm almost of the mind now that perhaps that could have even been military personnel in a specialized suit designed to protect them from the fumes that were emitted from this device or whatever it sure. was. And that maybe gave off this really strange... The other part that I could play devil's advocate for is, like, you know, there, there was a lot of hype up to this, this sighting, initial sighting from the boys and everything, because they did see this fireball descend into the hills and apparently crash. And then they were like, they were probably, you know, on the walk up, they are probably like, what the heck is this thing? Like, you know, like, what, what are it's we going to find when we... You know, like, all yeah. this anticipation, all this stuff. And then, like, um, like Nichols said, like, maybe perhaps, yeah, they just had a skewed perception due to their um, emotional excitability. But I don't really want to play that card. I think, honestly, the military thing is a lot more interesting. <laughs> I, I, I... It, it's something that once I heard that, too, I was sitting there and I'm like... I really like this idea. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I like it's, it more too. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those theories where it crosses over through to to the UFO side, and then also just like the military side, because it would it be potentially like like you said, like military using reverse engineered technology of some of some kind, which is sort of mm-hmm. like the ancient aliens idea of things, <laughs> or is it just straight up you know testing of bizarre equipment or whatever? That because they're already testing noxious fumes in the first world war, right? With all the very you know, exactly poison gas, right? And things like that. Maybe they were trying to have some sort of Robocop suit thing that they were testing out or whatever yeah. that they just never ended up using, and that's why it's gone down in history as just this bizarre thing they saw. But if it didn't and it went into full production, maybe we'd have people floating down in Flatwoods yeah. monster suits, or maybe you know what? Maybe the reptilian like scales on the skin of that creature were actually a sort of like, um malignant formation of something to do with like the gases that the person was exposed to and that was actually a human being like inside not of having a, suit, a good time and they essentially died because you get this huge gap right from the 50s all the way up to the 2000s like there's not much in between right yeah. so i don't know we're we're wildly speculating here <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i it's always the best way to do yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> i uh i kind of um i tend to lean just towards a pure extraterrestrial sighting i i kind of think that there was a landing and not a crash and that accounts for there being no sight sight mm-hmm. crash sight um but there being flattened grass and other sort of remnants that aren't like directly like the same as other ufo incidents but definitely similar in the sense that like there's substances there was you know the the uh not slimy what did we describe it as like a, that oh, oily like substance a left behind. Oily, yeah you know and then, like, we've talked about multiple times here where it's just people who have lived in this area for years. They know what owls look like. They know what grasses smell good and bad. They know what... I don't care if they're kids playing in a field. <laughs> it wasn't a tree of paradise. Yeah, exactly. Rotten peanut butter trees you have up here. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So I'm sort of thinking that, like, and then the, the sighting the very next day, if it was going to happen 13 miles away as the crow flies, yeah, if that thing's just hovering through the woods, that doesn't make sense. But if it's a pure extraterrestrial sighting, there's a craft involved. That makes sense to me mm-hmm. that it could be roughly in the same area, but not, you know, exact same spot. 
and obviously not hovering around through the woods. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I find it absolutely it bizarre that the monster quest took the angle for their episode that it was a humanoid creature. Like, I don't know. Don't you guys and think that's weird? I, I wish I could remember the guy's name and I really should have looked it up at this point. I know that one of the experts they have takes that hard line stance on that. That's what this was. So that's probably what they continue to go with. It just for makes the, um, for the investigation. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's, they did. In, in the other stuff I, I've watched and listened to on this, um, they really don't discuss it that much. No, no. The whole Star Child thing is just is is not credible to me. It's just a weird skull, and the only connection, quite frankly, to any of the other sightings that I could really draw from that is the is the shallow eye sockets where the mm. hunter described seeing sort of a like yeah like the the ace of spades shape but with the eyes not really being like a human's like eyes, eyes it was behind just like shields or something it was like holes and then eyes yeah. inside them not like our eyeballs that are just there you know very strange mm-hmm. very very strange mm-hmm. i mean i this is this is my top five favorite stories i think in paranormal For cryptids and yeah aliens. in cryptids aliens paranormal I, I yeah i can't even categorize it but this has just been super super fun so yeah. thank you so much justin for joining us we really appreciate appreciate you coming on and talking about this with us it's been awesome yeah and i would be remiss if i did not mention a very important thing about this creature oh please do did you guys ever play legend of zelda majora's mask Majora's Mask. Oh my gosh, I was we just talking, talking about, about that today. I was talking about the Ocarina of Time. I, I don't know if I've actually played Majora's Mask though. I ha- I, if, I haven't for sure. No. If you played Majora's Mask, there is a mission where you have to. There's a. If I'm remembering, it's been a while since I played it, but I know exactly where it goes. There is a um, like ranch where they have cows, and the cows keep on getting like stolen at night. And when you do the mission, they're getting stolen by. Aliens, and guess what the aliens look like? Ooh, oh, like the got, Flatwoods monster. They got the Ace cool. of Spades. Yep. Crazy. Oh, that's sweet. Yep. <laughs> that is an interesting pop culture crossover. There, and that's right? a great reason to go and play Majora's Mask. Now I just want to. <laughs> that's actually so funny you mentioned that because we were talking about Zelda earlier oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, just making me want to go back and just buy like vintage games so badly. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off track now. But okay, so we're wrapping it up. Do you have anything else to say, Amber? Um, no, just that I've had such a great time discussing this. And I would really like uh, Justin just reiterate where we can find Zang this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, of course, find us on hopefully almost any podcatcher at this point. And that's, of course, spelled Z-E-N-G. This, and where we have new episodes every Monday. We sometimes do Thursday episodes as well. It's sort of an extra episode. But like I said, it's nerdy topics every week. Um, I know one of our most recent episodes, we did cryptids in comics, and we focused on Sasquatch, and it was actually a very Canada-heavy episode because I talked about Alpha Flight and their team member Sasquatch, which blew my mind because I was not ready for the level of um, in-depthness, apparently, that it went with how he was created and stuff like that in the realm of the comics. So that was a lot of fun to do research for that. And we also kind of throw in a few... um, Bigfoot slash Sasquatch sightings in our area, but Ellie also brought forth a story from a galaxy far, far away that may have been a little bit closer to home with an adventurer we know for her bringing up a Sasquatch story from comics. Okay, that's very cool. 
We're yep. going to have to have you guys... You know what? It'd be fun to bring you guys on for when we do a Sasquatch episode and we could get some yes. information from Sasquatch and well, Bigfoot sightings down there and and yes. uh, do a comparison for the, the BC Sasquatch mm-hmm. up here. I think that'd I, be really fun. I would I would love to be on. Um, I, like I said, I basically... I, I love... Pu- pop culture and i love the paranormal and i know that they can cross over like i said i had that zelda thing and i was like i'm gonna make a reference to it because then i'm like hey pop culture cool well this has been awesome man thank you so much amber and i are totally gonna try to make it down to the mothman festival in september you you should um we um plan on going every year now it's not that bad of a of a commute for us it is so much fun to go to um it's 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 a definitely a treat and everything so uh, if you are in West Virginia, if you are in the area, I would recommend checking out the Mothman Festival. And um, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it was definitely a lot of fun to do that. And they have some, I, I remember seeing someone dressed up as a Flatwoods monster there. Oh, really? I was thinking a picture of it. <laughs> like it was one of those things where there, there was like so much going on that it was hard to like be like, oh, get a picture of that, get a picture of that. So so that that is one of them I sadly missed, but oh, no. oh that's all right. You'll get it next time. Next yeah. time, that's all yeah. I will. Yep. I will. All right. Well, before we wrap up here, Amber, you want to just let the listeners know where they can reach our show. Yes, but before I do, I would like to give a special shout out to all of our new iTunes reviews. Yeah. I did some digging in the foreign iTunes categories, and I found some gems. Definitely. Yes, I wanted to say special thanks to Troy Expective over in the UK for his unhesitatingly honest review. (laughs) We are glad not to have disappointed so far, and we strive to do even better in the future. (laughs) Um, As well, thank you to D Garcia13 for her lovely review. We are so happy to have saved you from boredom during your Airbnb stay. Oi, no TVs? That's kind of (laughs) rough. That one came from Mexico, yeah? It did, yes. That one was really, that, that melted my heart. That was really cool. I know. I was like, this is why we do the podcast. Definitely. I remember being in a similar situation when I was away due to work purposes and I was in a room stuck with two other ladies that were not my style, to (laughs) say the least. And I just put in my iTunes, yeah, sorry, my iTunes, yeah, my Apple podcast, and I was just listening to them all night long. Didn't have a wink of sleep, but you know, that caught me through it. Hanging out with podcast friends. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, And that was actually, I was listening to, um, oh my gosh, this whole side note, but, uh, what you missed in history those ladies oh, okay. are awesome yeah. i love that show cool. anyways we're getting off track here and i actually had one more i wanted to mention and that was to o gigante over in portugal and he said he discovered us while listening to alien theorists theorizing and that's really cool because they're actually from Kelowna too yes so yeah so shout out to those guys yeah cheers guys yeah um and then we actually have a special announcement as well so, Andrew, do you want to give the details? Yeah, so um, it's uh, it's been a kind of a long time coming, but special announcement, we, um, Amber and I, have put together a little podcasting book. Mm-hmm. So it's called Get Off Your Ass and Start Your Podcast, and it's just a fun, quick read that kind of gives uh, our perspective on getting things started, things that we missed and things that we wish we had, uh, you know, mentioned to us getting started, and so we decided to put it into, like, a fun, funny book format, and so mm-hmm. that's now available on Amazon Kindle, so you can uh, find that link on our website and on my Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so if you're into podcasting or you know somebody who is, um, tell them to check out that book. It's uh, it's fun. It's a quick read and it's, uh, yeah. It gives you the necessary kick in the pants, I would say, just yes. to sort of get the ball rolling. And if anyone that you know in your life should be podcasting, just buy it for them. It's only two ninety nine, really. You and we know there's a million podcasting <laughs> books out there, but I just... I, 
deliberately, you know, focused on things that other people didn't because I read a lot of podcasting books and articles and blogs and stuff and a lot of things got missed. And so we wanted to put that in our own, uh, in our own words. So anyway, you guys can go check that out. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we, you can always, uh, find us on the socials and exactly. come participate in conversation, chat weird stuff with us. So we've got a Facebook group. You can, uh, please come join that and chat with us. So it's just at Into the Portal Podcast on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Into the Portal One and Amber's on there at AmberRay1992. And as well, we are always uh, posting new things on Instagram. So it's at Into the Portal Podcast on Instagram. And yeah, come chat with us and check things out. Mm-hmm. Join the Facebook group. Lots of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Until next time, guys. <laughs> See ya. Network. You can check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.